Hi, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner, where I answer listener emails. Still getting my voice back, so if I sound a little different than normal, I'm still recovering from a bad sinus infection and ear infection, which was interesting. I shared about it in my blog this week, so if you missed that, you can grab it at christinehassler.com. And I am going to be featuring some additional interviews in the next month or so where I bring on amazing thought leaders to Coach's Corner so they can drop their wisdom and share their zone of genius. Honestly, I've just been traveling so much, it's been hard to coordinate, but got a lot in the books. I'm going to be talking to Danielle Laporte, which I'm really excited about, and a lot of other people. So stay tuned for those. And I always love to dive into listener emails. So Today I'm going to be talking about boundaries, and I'm also going to be talking about how we avoid expectation hangovers. Our first question is from Candice, and she writes, my question is related to creating a healthier relationship, especially boundaries with my mom. I'm an only child. My parents divorced when I was in my early teens, and my mom never remarried. We were really close growing up and have continued to be. Three years ago, I met my current boyfriend, and a year ago, I moved in with him. My relationship with him has presented apparent issues for my mom. She will make passive-aggressive comments that seem unfounded and can be hurtful to me. She has a victim mentality, and she's quite sensitive, so often I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I understand that she hasn't had it easy growing up, and she's alone and not in a partnership now, and I feel like I've taken on a bit of a rescuer role with her feel a lot of guilt about our relationship and not being there for her, but we're both adults and I'd also like to have my own life. I'd like for us to have a healthy relationship with appropriate boundaries. What advice do you have regarding creating boundaries and how to navigate a relationship with someone who has a victim mindset? Okay, Candace, I really hear you and acknowledge you for your level of self-awareness. It is clear that you love your mom and want to have a relationship with her that feels healthier. And that is going to require setting some boundaries, which isn't always easy. So first, what are healthy boundaries? When do we set them and how do we do it in a way that's loving? Well, a boundary is a self-honoring agreement inside yourself or with another person that supports your well-being and comes from love. When we tolerate hurtful or negative treatment from another, we end up building resentment or eventually completely pull away. And I know this is probably not what you want to happen with your mom. Having the courage to communicate your needs and set a boundary is more loving than pretending something is okay when it really isn't. There are two kinds of boundaries. Internal boundaries are agreements we make with ourselves to modify a relationship. For example, with your mom, there are things you may need to do on your end, such as modifying how often you call her or talk to her or make plans with her. Also, you have to monitor internally how much energetic space you allow this to take up in you or how much you vent or complain about it to your boyfriend. The other type of boundary is when you verbally request from another person, and it sounds like some of these are going to be necessary with your mom. When she makes a negative comment, set a boundary. Say something like, I hear you, mom, and you're entitled to your opinion, but it's important to me to keep a positive outlook on life. And so if you have something negative to say, I'd appreciate you not saying it to me. You can also acknowledge how much she loves you and that you can appreciate that your relationship has changed over the years now that you have a boyfriend. Reassure her that she will be your mom forever and you will always love her and that it's really important for you to focus on your relationship with your boyfriend. 
Remember, boundaries prevent us from getting resentful and eventually throwing up a barrier, which I know you don't want with your mom. So if boundaries are so helpful, why are they so hard to set and keep? Well, because we're scared, scared that the person will be hurt or mad, scared they won't like us, scared the relationship will end. And even as grownups, we still get scared of our parents being mad at us. But what is scarier is being in unhealthy relationships or tolerating behavior that feels hurtful or pulls you down or has you walking on eggshells, Candace. For relationships to grow, sometimes there's growing pains. The other person may very well get hurt or angry. Your mom may get hurt or angry. You're not responsible for her reaction. You're responsible for communicating honestly and with love. Now, the other thing here that's going on is perhaps a bit of codependence. You are your mom's surrogate husband partner for a lot of your life. Now that you're a grown-up and individuating, you're beginning to break some old patterns. But the issue is your mom is not breaking them on her side. You've been her person for years, but you can't be there anymore. It's time to focus on your life and your dreams. Remember, being loving is being real, authentic, and courageous. It is not all words of affirmation and rosy language. Consider what boundaries it may be time to set to grow yourself and your relationship with your mom. In the words of Brene Brown, one of my favorites, when we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. This is why we sometimes attack who they are, which is far more hurtful than addressing a behavior or choice. And my second question is from Melanie. And I was so inspired to answer this question because Melanie's actually in high school. She writes, I've come across your book, Expectation Hangover, and I found myself using your valuable input on positivity and overcoming life's struggles on multiple occasions. The wise words you've said about conquering life's biggest appointments and personal devastation sparks inspiration for finding non-stereotypical fulfillment in my life and setting reasonable goals, as challenging as it may be. I am left questioning, why do we generate such high expectations for ourselves? It seems to be our basic nature. Our goals are always changing, pushing us to the limits that we can't reach. I'd be extremely interested in hearing your opinion on why this is. Is there truly any way to be content with where we are in our lives, with no desire to be better? Is there always going to be a promise of failure? Is it the brain's decision of whether to accept the outcome or challenge current success? Your ability to put emotions into intelligent language has left me in awe, and it's because of this I'd like to hear your thoughts on my question. Well, first of all, Melanie, I'm in awe of your communication abilities and the eloquence in which you express yourself. Wow. I swear, I didn't edit that at all. That was written by someone in high school. So let's explore your questions one by one. First of all, why do we generate such high expectations for ourselves? Well, because from a very young age, we're kind of taught and we buy into the belief that external fulfillment comes from the outside, that once we have something, then we will feel X, Y, Z. And honestly, sometimes Melanie takes some life experience to learn that that happiness, that joy, that fulfillment, that love, that connection that we're looking for aren't based on external things, that those things on our checklist the job, the relationship, looking a certain way, aren't where true satisfaction and lasting fulfillment comes. Also, we use these expectations to motivate ourselves. We set these high, high standards and we think that having those high standards will push us, will drive us, will move us forward. A lot of us don't think we're good enough the way that we are. 
And so we look at ourselves as a constant self-improvement project. And so we hang on to these expectations, hoping that when we achieve them, then we'll feel better. Eventually we learn that we're worthy and whole and deserving just as we are. Now your next question, is there always going to be a promise of failure? Well, not necessarily a promise, but there's a possibility that things don't always go our way. But guess what? That's okay. Failure is not bad. It is how we learn. Sometimes we're really successful at pursuing our dreams. Sometimes not so much. But when we can ask, what am I learning? Versus looking at ourselves as a big old failure, then we're closer to our dreams and our goals. Or we realize that wasn't even what we wanted in the first place. And we redirect our focus and our dreams and goals evolve. Another thing to remember when pursuing goals rather than expectations is to pursue them with that secret sauce, high involvement, high intention, but low attachment, not attaching our okayness, our worthiness, our state of mind, our mood on the outcome. And your final question, is it the brain's decision of whether to accept the outcome or challenge current success? Which means, I think, do we just settle for what we get or do we keep striving for more? Well, here's the thing. We're never really chasing the outcome, but rather we're chasing the feeling we think we are going to get from that outcome. So it's really not about the outcome at all. Again, it's about the feeling we think we're going to get. So we could actually have the quote unquote outcome at any moment. Say you want the outcome of having a job that you love where you wake up feeling inspired every day. Well, you could generate that feeling inside yourself right now without the job. The external things become a reflection of the internal experience. So Melanie, I hope that helps. I love that you're reading Expectation Hangover in high school. I wish I had had that book in high school. Or do I? I don't know. So many of the journeys and the expectation hangovers that I've had have given me the wisdom and have taught me more about who I am. So I guess the final thing I'll say to you, Melanie, and anyone listening, no matter what age you are, Expectation hangovers aren't bad. Disappointment isn't bad. Failure isn't bad. We only make it bad because we make it mean something bad. Within every disappointment, there's always an opportunity to heal, to learn. There's not just a blessing. There's not just a silver lining. There's a really rich opportunity to dive in and evolve. And really, that's what we're all here for, to evolve, to grow in consciousness to remember the love that we are. Everything else that we experience, all the stuff, all the achievement, all the outcomes, well, that's just icing on the cake. Thank you so much, Candace and Melanie, for your questions. I'll be opening up new time slots to get coached live on the air. And remember, if you're a member of my Inner Circle community, christinehauser.com slash inner circle, you get the first notification when podcast sessions open up. So it's yet another reason to join my awesome membership community. And I say it's awesome, not just because of me, but because of the incredible tribe of people that are in it. So again, go to christinehasler.com slash inner circle or email Jill at Christine Hassler with your questions. Sending all of you so, so, so much love. I hope you have a beautiful day or night and beautiful week ahead. Until next time.